Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures and real life dads with real feelings. This episode is kind of a big one. It's been a long time coming. I would say that other than Darth Vader, who is the first dad we ever discussed on the show, today's dad is maybe the biggest pop cultural father in the last several decades. I think if most if you said to someone, name a dad that's on TV, they would say the bald man who looks like a light bulb and a fish, um, Homer Simpson. And I wanted to wait on this episode for a long time because I'm not a Simpsons expert. I have watched the show. I watched it until about 2005. But I do know two people who are Simpsons experts. And I'm joined by them today. I'm joined by uh, Bob Mackey, host of Retronauts and Talking Simpsons, and Henry Gilbert, co-host of Talking Simpsons, to talk Simpsons, uh, specifically Homer Simpson. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. Oh, thank you. This is a real honor to be on Dad Feeling. It's a huge episode, too. The pressure's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a, a foundation, a landmark dad, I would say, Homer Simpson. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think he set the tone for like every animated dad that came after him and non-animated dads too. Absolutely. I think the entire archetype of the kind of bumbling sitcom dad. I mean, we can trace Homer's lineage back a little bit, right? So we can look at Fred Flintstone. We can look at the Honeymooners before that. Um, And there are sort of these things that are floating around in the culture. And then Homer kind of coalesces all of them. And then from there on, he is the archetype. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the way Homer started, he's he's really Matt Groening's dad in, in comic strip form. And then he kind of morphed over the years as, as other comedy writers and animators got involved with him. But at his core, I think he is kind of just like Fred Flintstone and uh, Jackie Gleason type, especially like Bob and I just recently rewatched the first uh, shorts, right. uh, the, which is primordial Homer. And in that he is... He's even more so. He's he's not that stupid, really. Yeah, I feel that, uh, and I think Matt Groening would agree that you're right, Henry. He is uh, Homer Groening in those mm-hmm. early years, and and just like Life and Hell, the Tracy Ullman shorts were kind of autobiographical, like Bart getting punished by getting haircuts. Mm-hmm. That was a Matt Groening thing. He he wrote about in Life and Hell. But um, yeah, I feel like after the first season, it was really just the writers who uh, grew up in the '50s and '60s, sort of filtering their own dads through Homer, their own dad experiences. That's so interesting. I didn't know that autobiographical aspect of the character. And that that's something I wanted to ask you about is the depiction of the character over time. Because um, when it comes to some other characters on the show, we, you know, pop culture even has this term uh, that comes from The Simpsons' neighbor, Ned Flanders, of Flanderization, where the character started off as one thing um, and then sort of just had, had his attributes of being this sort of really God-fearing kind of timid man just multiplied and multiplied until he was almost a character of himself. And um, and I'm curious as to how Homer has changed over time and whether you think that's happened. You mentioned he wasn't as stupid in the original shorts. Oh, I mean, Homer's changed hugely over time. It was, it was even, it, it became a joke within the show that like Homer gets dumber every year. It, like, they, they say that in the 138th episode spectacular. But I think, yeah, it's just, it's something that happens with a certain type of sitcom writing that The Simpsons really fell into of just like, well, we have to top the last joke. If Homer was this stupid when we did this type of joke last time, we kind of have to uh, escalate that. Same with like, 
well, Homer was mean to Bart in this way. It's not going to be as shocking unless we make him more mean to Bart in in a certain way. Right. Early Homer is very dense, but he's also devoted to his family in a way that modern Homer really needs to be pressured to do. <laughs> like in the third episode of the series, Homer loses his job, and his reaction to that is to attempt suicide because he <laughs> let his family down that much. Uh, modern Homer, if he loses his job, would just be like, so what? Like, I don't care. Do I even work here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that that's so interesting like the ways that the character has to get done just because of the sitcom format almost and just to top those jokes um and i'm interested specifically in how homer changes as a father over time because a lot of the earlier episodes um a common theme or conflict in the show is homer is a bad dad um and he learned mm-hmm. he learned some lesson by the end of the episode so there are episodes like um uh Lisa the Greek, where Homer starts hanging out with Lisa because it turns out that she's really good at guessing which football team is going to win. And um, and once the football season is over, he basically loses interest in hanging out with her and then sort of has to learn like um, that this relationship is more than what it can be used for. And like I feel like that is a pretty typical example of this kind of episode where where Homer is like learning a lesson. Like, does that... Is that remain kind of a focal point as the show goes on? Yeah, I'd say so. It's it's a typical arc for Homer that he goes through of of realizing he was. I mean, Lisa the Greek is especially a uh, dark one of Homer. Homer really does just. He's. I'm surprised how straight up he is with Lisa of just saying like, "No, I used you for gambling. Like this was not. It was not to spend time with you." I feel like later writers would sort of embrace uh, The Simpsons being a sort of anti-sitcom, though, where the end of the episode, the joke is Homer learned nothing. Mm -hmm. And that is that is pointed out is just like, yes, we're breaking the format. This character can't learn any lessons. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, at the end of the least of the Greek, Homer, Homer seems to have improved. And he's like, we're going to have daddy daughter day every Sunday, even when football's not going. But like that is never referenced again. There is no proof that he does anything with her on any Sunday after that. And he's not happy about it either. He's just like, after climbing the mountain, he said, can we we go home now or whatever? (laughs) That was the last line in the episode. Yeah. And I mean, that, that also harkens back to the sitcom format because having characters meaningfully change and grow requires a different kind of writing. Um, It it can be done Mm -hmm. in sitcoms, but to have any of the Simpsons meaningfully change would disrupt the entire basic premise of the show. Yeah, kind of. It, it sticks them in a crystallization, but but it's weird though that it, Homer can easily get worse because it's funnier. <laughs> they, they can't they can't go in the other direction of well, Homer's going to improve. I uh, though there was a real change. I, I'd say Bob in the carryover from Mike Scully in season twelve to Algie in season thirteen. I think he made a real stance of like they made Homer way too crazy in in the seasons nine through twelve. Yeah. They wanted to reground him. A lot of the jokes from the um, the seasons nine through twelve were kind of just how cruel Homer could be. And I mm. think certain writers uh, in Al Jean's later seasons, like Dana Gould, really embraced that. But I feel like Al Jean did dial back some of the cruelty and thoughtlessness of Homer uh, because he was just more fun to write like uh, write that way for those writers. Yeah, and speaking of the cruelty and thoughtlessness, um, one of the, uh, you know, earliest gags in The Simpsons is Homer just getting mad and throttling Bart. Um, that's almost <laughs> an iconic a Homer gesture as, like, Joe. And, wow, is it, it's bizarre to have, like, maybe the most recognizable 
pop cultural fatherhood character be so strongly associated with child abuse when you step yeah. back and think about it, right? Yeah, Matt Groening actually had some specific rules about when a Bart could be strangled and how it would be portrayed. It could never be premeditated. Mm. It had to be impulsive, and it had to. The shot could not last very long. They break that rule mm. a few times, and you can hear Macarena get angry about it on commentaries. On yeah. But he was very <laughs> careful to be to uh, you know in how they presented that child, that horrific child abuse. Yeah, I always read it as uh, as more of like Groening's comic strip roots. That like when you read, like when you would read Beetle Bailey, which is not like a good comic strip, but as a kid you'd read it and you're like, well, yeah, he's. This character, Sarge, is beating Beetle Bailey to death into, like, a pile of goo, but he'll be fine in the next one. That's okay. You don't really think of it in reality of if a sergeant in the army beat the corporal, uh, beat a private nearly to death, you'd be like, well, that's wrong. But and I think it maybe works on that same level with Bart and Homer. And they, they talk about sometimes on the commentary, the writers were like, they pitched, oh, then Homer strangles Lisa. And they're like, it wouldn't get past the script phase. They're like, nope, it just doesn't. It's not even a little funny. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I know there's one episode, uh, Saturdays of Thunder, where Bart gets into a uh, boxcar derby. And Homer is like presented with this, fatherhood quotient test from patty and selma <laughs> and uh the test is like weirdly exclusively about like fathers and sons and then homer is taken to this like father he's taken away in this wood paneled car <laughs> to the fatherhood institute um that's just again like just fathers and sons which is like struck me as really odd when i rewatched that episode like it was so thoroughly assumed that um that that's what fatherhood is. And so, like, how do you see the the relationships between Homer and Bart versus Homer and Lisa? Because so there's the one thing of, of Homer is only allowed to strangle Bart by the scriptwriters. Um, <laughs> but like, what else? Uh, like, how, how are those relationships portrayed? Well, that Saturday's a Thunder episode. I never that is such a good point that like I never thought about. They just call it the, like the Fatherhood Institute and it's the Fatherhood Quotient, but they never it's not a gender neutral term of like you and your child. It's just about you and your son. And it's that episode though, is, is them straight up telling him he's a bad father, but only from the aspect of like him with Bart. He, he spends the day with Lisa and Maggie in that episode. He's not particularly bad with them, but I I think uh, especially one big voice in the show is Al Jean. He was the co-show runner in seasons three and four and has been the showrunner since 13 on. And one of the first episodes he co-wrote was Moaning Lisa. And and he gets he especially sees a lot of value in Homer and Lisa episodes and, and their relationship. And that's usually how it goes of like Homer and Lisa is just this usually comes to be very sweet and like Homer trying to help Lisa and Lisa realizing he's doing his best, even though he's terrible at it. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, him him and Bart is just like they're they're just a couple of lunkheads and maybe bart is slightly more intelligent than him but it's almost like a more like a brotherly situation mm. than, than father and yeah. son there are lots of jokes in the show that point out how similar uh bart is to homer and how tragic that is that <laughs> from this young age he's destined to turn into homer at some point yeah i know i never really thought about it that way but that, that's a really good way of putting it it's almost this more like fraternal kind of relationship well especially it was something in the movie in the Simpsons movie, they spend like 10 minutes of just Bart and Homer doing dares together. And it's just them 
hanging out. The the major Homer's parenthood fatherhood is a major issue in that film. And I actually think that was one of the ones for me as a viewer, I was like, mm, this is too far. And I think I got it as they had to put Homer in like the deepest uh valley he could be so then when he saves everybody at the end it's extra heroic but but what he does to bart in that of like he he basically lets bart get a criminal record and leaves him like nude and exposed in front of and like humiliated and he doesn't even think about it like it's just nothing to him it and in, in that way it was like boy this really this is that was like this is homer too far and i i felt like there was no way to really fix him by the end of it or fix those problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there are lesser kind of examples of that um, as well peppered throughout the show of just like Homer being uh, irresponsible or yeah, mean spirited or just like kind of lousy. And you were, um, you're talking earlier about the Homer Lisa episodes. And one of the, the sort of touchstone episodes for me in that respect is Lisa's substitute. Oh yeah, um, or I forget if that's the title, but the one with uh, Dustin Hoffman, mm-hmm. where he's uh, Mr. Bergstrom. That's right. And um, that whole episode is basically about Lisa getting this father figure who is like who understands her and who is like communicative and who encourages her, and then losing him, and and even having an encounter between that figure and Homer, and having that character just take Homer aside and be like, look, Lisa's a really special kid. And like, you have to encourage her. Like you have to like be supportive. And um, Lisa just sort of coming to realize that Homer is not that and never will be. Yeah. You know, that episode's interesting because I think Lisa, Lisa thinks she has like her first crush and I guess she does, but I think really she, she comes to realize that what she likes about Bergstrom is how much he isn't her dad and isn't Homer. And that really comes through in like the Homer, the Homer and Bergstrom interaction at the science museum is you do kind of see Homer has Homer actually reveals a lot of fears he has about being mm. a father and these inadequacies he's, he's full of, of like all oh, these other dads have better hair, better clothes. I think why me? Why it's, uh, I I like that you could see at least like drives Homer that he that he thinks about these things more than he usually lets on with with that kind of uh, dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are like these these moments where he's a little he's written as more introspective. So like um, mm-hmm. in Saturdays of Thunder, like he is a little uh, worried when he gets the zero on the the fatherhood quotient test, mm-hmm. um, and then there's. Another big episode uh, that deals with this stuff is Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy, where Homer starts to worry that he's a terrible father. Um, basically, he Homer starts hanging out with his dad um, because uh, his dad like has it gives him this this like rest. Basically, Homer and Marge like aren't having sex. Uh, Grandpa Simpson gives him this homemade tonic and says, think of me when you're having the best sex of your life, which is like a very funny <laughs> line. Yeah. And, uh, and so then Homer starts hanging out with him and they're just like doing this traveling medicine show and hawking this stuff. And, um, and throughout it all, like they're sort of bickering a little bit. And, um, and it comes to a head when Grandpa Simpson is just like, tells him you were an accident. 
And uh, Homer just is like enraged by this. And then right after Marge points out like Bart was an accident and you tell him all the time <laughs> and uh, and sort of to compensate, he starts like hanging out with his kids a lot more. But just like he shows Bart how to ride a bike when Bart knows how to ride a bike. And uh, it's a girl's bike and he destroys the bike by trying to ride it. He makes Lisa this terrible tire swing um, and is basically just like scaring them with all of this weird attention. And um, he's just overcompensating for feeling like he never had a good father because there are flashbacks to Grandpa Simpson basically saying, like, you're you're an idiot. Like, we have a system in place to prevent people like you from becoming president, <laughs> which um, I wish we did. <laughs> but but yeah, the, that in particular, I feel like is a really introspective episode. Yeah, that actually is echoed in an earlier episode, The Way We Was, the 70s flashback episode where we see how Homer and Marge met where um, Homer is telling Grandpa, or Abe, or his father, rather, about Marge, and uh, Abe is like, you set your sights way too high, you know, go for the dented car, the less attractive girl. <laughs> he just, he just from, from birth, he's letting Homer know he is capable of, like, really nothing. Yeah, that was, that was such a weird episode for me, the, um, the Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy, because I watched that one with my dad and his dad in, in the first viewing, and... Fortunately, my grandfather like fell asleep in the first five <laughs> minutes, and so he wasn't like shocked uh, to death. But it was it was definitely a weird experience to watch it. I think it it kind of implies that like Homer, I guess when they talk about his him using his him doing half-assed overparenting and that it, I think that's them making the excuse of like, well, if Homer tried hard all the time, he'd he'd scar them in different ways that he couldn't he wouldn't do that right either if he was trying to be a good dad all the time because he would just apply that his bad energy and intelligence in a different direction and i think that's kind of a cop out though i do really mm -hmm. like the that that gag of marge telling homer like alerting him of oh, you think this stuff that grandpa did to you is bad you're doing it to bart and just Homer's immediate denial, like, but when I do it, it's cute. Like, it, that, that was very real to me. Yeah, and it situates him in this kind of intergenerational bad parenting uh, structure uh, that I feel like is maybe a little more depth than we typically get with, with sitcom dads. Um, just having this thing of like, oh, yeah, of course Homer is a bad father because his father was bad, too. Yeah, I think, and I, I think they're trying to make the argument that Homer Homer is a better dad than Abe was. And in later right. episodes, you'll see that Abe, like, in one episode, Abe kind of murders a guy on on a mountain <laughs> climbing expedition. Like yeah. he he. So, so I'd say Homer's never. I don't. No, Homer's definitely killed people, but not intentionally. <laughs> Homer's killed people. Well, <laughs> yeah, actually, it would be manslaughter. Well, like we just we were just prepping for an episode called Homie the Clown, and in that one, he causes a pileup for no good reason, just because he stops his car to look at a billboard, right? And behind yes. him, like a dozen cars slam into each other, and then it immediately explode into fires. Like those people are dead. Yeah. Homer killed those one, people. One of the worst, uh, most tasteless jokes I've seen on the show that offended me as a Simpsons fan is um, they, on an episode where they, I think they like sort of uh, stole Mr. Burns' yacht or something. And oh my was, God, yes. And it was kidnapped by pirates and they're all tossed overboard in the net, but Homer and Bart are on top of all these people in a net that's underwater 
and Homer's like, something's grabbing my leg. Oh, oh, it stopped now. So everyone underneath Homer and Bart are dead. <laughs> they all drown. Drowning and Homer yeah. doesn't seem worried or concerned that they're floating on their corpses and that's how they're yes. that's how they're still breathing. Like that that was pretty crazy too. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I guess like going back to the the casual violence stuff, um, it is sort of this because it does have these comic strip roots. It's like, oh well, no one's really dead. It's not really like, <laughs> oh, these aren't like canonical. Like nothing really ever happens anyway because time never passes and things don't really change. So like, aside from like the few characters that got retired because their voice actors died, um, like no one's. They're just they're fine. Like they'll be back next week. Those extras. Yeah, they want to treat it like Looney Tunes, and it works. But it's 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 something too, though. When the show asks you to feel real emotions, and like, oh, Homer went through a really emotional thing here, release it. Then you have to think, well, then that other time was real <laughs> when those people <laughs> drowned, or or Homer just let those people like uh, in his sector uh, when when All he right. pinched that guy's butt to make him drop the the nuclear gas that seemingly like. That guy was poisoned too. Yeah, <laughs> that guy was also dead. But Homer just thought it was a funny joke. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think uh, Homer's parenting. I, uh, you know, it's it's really crazy when you look at the arc of his parenting. I want to mention this in the in in the first season, not just the episode where he gets super depressed and he, he plans to kill himself to mm-hmm. because he thinks his family will be better. There's the other one called No Disgrace Like Home, where. Homer is disappointed in them. They the the family embarrasses him at an event. Yeah, Marge and, is the one who gets drunk, not yeah, Homer. Marge gets and and especially when you look back on the history of the show in that time, you're like, boy, Homer's being the biggest hypocrite in the world to <laughs> uh, condemn Marge for getting drunk at Mr. Burns's uh, mansion and embarrassing him. Yeah, considering the number of episodes that are. Uh, about the reverse scenario. I mean, I can think of at least one, which I thought was a Millhouse divided, but um, I think it's a different occasion where they have a party uh, and Homer gets so drunk that uh, he's just sort of like passing out. And uh, Dr. Hibbert's oh, yeah, like, the- oh, put him on his stomach if you want him to live through the night. Mm-hmm. If. Uh, yeah. yeah. What was that one? It's War of the Cap- Simpsons. War of the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. yeah where... There's a really dark joke in that one that implies that the that the kids know the they when they're fighting and they're pretending they're not when the parents Marge and Homer go into a car to argue to not argue in front of the kids because and they think they're sparing them their feelings then it cuts to Lisa and Bart saying like they're arguing again yeah. every time I hear that music it cuts to my soul it, <laughs> and so. <laughs> It shows that they like parents. I I I've, I've been on that side of things too. Of parents thinking that they are putting on a brave face, but the the kids knowing like knowing a lot more than the parents think they do there. But though that one too, in as as Homer's role as a husband to Marge, like Marge, so many episodes, including that War of the Simpsons one, uh, and also one called uh, from the fifth season called Secrets of a Successful Marriage. Marge rightly gets mad at Homer for being terrible mm-hmm. and being completely inconsiderate of her, of her feelings and hurting her. And then at the end, Homer's like, look, I'm sorry, and I can't live without you, and mm-hmm. it, I have total dependence on you. And that's it. Like, Marge is like, okay. Cool. You have to take care of me <laughs> yes. or, or I, blood on your hands. I don't want you to die, so I'll take you back. 
Yeah, yeah. In those exact words, like, I'm utterly and totally dependent on you. Uh, or that's what he can offer her, utter, utter and total dependence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the idea was, like, he would never leave or something. Um, is I that so, yeah. Is that the episode where uh, he he gets her a bowling ball and she starts... Uh, she starts like hanging out with that guy Jacques or whatever his name is. And, yeah, yeah, uh, and then th- that this may be another episode, but um, where Bart and Lisa sort of realize that their parents are going through some issue and they're like going through the stages of grief. Yeah. That's uh that's a season one episode life in the fast mm-hmm. lane. And yeah, it was Marge. That was one where when we rewatched it, we're like, Oh, we're older than Marge. Like they, they say that she's, I believe she's 33 in that episode. Right. It's her wow. 33rd birthday. And yeah. And Homer, uh, I came from a household where my dad never bought a gift for my mom. So Homer even buying a selfish gift was like, Oh, that's a good guy. What a nice guy to get a selfish <laughs> gift for her. Um, but the, yeah, that she then uses that gift to like, uh, uh, start a dalliance with Jacques though. She, she never like it's never consummated. I don't think they even kiss in the episode. No, they I, have they have brunch. Hand, I think that's basically yes. It. They have brunch, yeah. yeah. Uh, but she lusted in her heart. But I mean, <laughs> in uh, but that episode too re- was an early one revealing like Homer. Homer as a father, it was some of the first scenes of Homer being a single father in the show because he had to like take care of the kids and. At first, they were happy because they're like, oh, yeah, pizza. Dad just got his pizza. Now we're going to throw away the pizza box. Great. But then later (laughs) they came to realize, like, oh, we have all this time with him because our mom is definitely found a new life outside of us. And they're they're comforting him more than than they're uh, like. There's a scene where he just like it's too realistic. He he gets hit in the head with a baseball and then just lays on the ground, and though he could get up, he just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He just lays there, mm-hmm. knowing that his is. And in in that one too, he he his action towards Marge when he realizes he catches her cheating on her, or I mean, he he finds a glove that would definitely show she's got another man in her life. And instead of like having a giant fight with her, he yeah, it's kind of a sweet thing about talking about how he appreciates appreciates little things about her, but. In a way that almost felt like uh, this is just like a breadcrumb to yeah, just a token gesture. Not that Jacques is a per- I I wouldn't say Jacques is a preferable partner to <laughs> to Homer at all. But yeah, and there are other episodes where the topic of divorce comes up. Um, we mentioned, I think I mentioned a Millhouse divided earlier, uh, where Luann and Kirk Millhouse's parents split up, and then uh, Homer is sort of concerned that. Uh, Marge is going to want to divorce him as well. And he puts all the, he does this thing of like going to Lisa and being like, Lisa, I know you're only eight years old and I don't want to put a lot of pressure on you, but you <laughs> need to save my marriage. Yeah, that wouldn't be the first time. He, now, that either. he, he consistently puts that pressure. Well, because he knows Lisa is like more emotionally mature than he is at eight. But yeah, that mm-hmm. Millhouse divided one is an interesting uh, like contrast because I'd say Millhouse is. Milhouse is like the the realer Bart, or he's like he's he can be like the other side of the coin from Bart, and that makes his family that too. And in this case, like uh, Milhouse's mom, she she doesn't take things in good humor and is very dissatisfied and unhappy, and that comes out in their arguments and and little passive aggressive things. And meanwhile, like Kirk. 
Uh, I think Kirk is a little smarter than Homer, which is why he's like less satisfied in his life too, because he knows he he thinks he deserves better, and so it just causes like all this strife in their relationship, and uh, and they then end up with a divorce. Unlike Homer and Marge, like they they definitely have more love between them. I think it's kind of wrong that in in later seasons they wanted to fix that, and so like they got back together. Millhouse's parents did. I didn't which, like that. No, I didn't particularly like that either. I think huh. Kirk is Kirk. Kirk is a great as a failed dad, like the sad dad that <laughs> Millhouse just throwing out lines like, well, at least I'm better off than my dad, or like everybody accepts that he is <laughs> he's a failure of a man. Yeah, I don't know if it was the same with either of you, but uh, basically every friend I had, uh, their parents were divorced. Mm. And there, I don't know if there were more divorces in the 90s or what, but just like everybody I knew had divorced parents. And like divorced dad weekend was the best weekend to <laughs> hang out with your friend because it's just like, there were no rules. It's like you're eating pizza, you're playing video games till three in the morning, and there's just a sad man wandering around, you know, in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that that was is true for me, and I think that's an interesting point of like of the Van Houtens being sort of the more realistic family. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, definitely, actually, divorces like super, super went up in the '70s and '80s, um, and have actually been going down a lot. Uh, lately, but 80s and 90s were sort of like one of the peak eras of um, of divorces. I'm sorry, so. I'm guessing people aren't as uh, I'm guessing people aren't as uh, inclined to immediately jump into marriage now as they used to be. Like that could explain. It. Yeah, the marriage rate has also declined correspondingly. So, um, so that's interesting that they tried to get those characters, or they they wrote those characters back together later on. Um, and I remember this must have been about a year ago, and. I I haven't watched The Simpsons in some time, um, but I remember hearing about something in the news like, oh, they're they're gonna write a divorce into The Simpsons, like Homer and Marge are gonna get divorced. Did that ever end up happening? Sort of. That they, was a weird stunt. What was? Yeah, the... it was one of those stunts where they got like a trial separation in an episode, and I don't believe Homer actually uh, had sex with another woman, but he did. Lena Dunham played like a, a, a love interest for him in that episode. It was I, I, all I, I didn't actually watch the episode, but I remember they had a promotional. They, they've been doing this thing more these days, especially with, with politics, where they will make like a basically a two minute short that's digitally animated that will uh, that is more reactionary. That feels like they made it like in a week. And they did one of those for Homer and Marge saying like, we are definitely still together. We are not divorcing. Everything's fine. And uh, it, I, it was that the, the plot just came out earlier than usual. Like it was, that might've been, well, the, the movie wanted, I think the movie is the closest they ever got to truly getting a divorce and a separation. Cause Marge, they want to make it clear in the movie, like Marge leaves Homer with the intent that she will never see him again. Like she's like, no, this this is over. And Homer has to basically save uh, a million people to to win back her trust. But that was kind. Of, uh, that episode though was uh, it. It just read to me as more of just another of many stunt episodes, which it's what The Simpsons like. Like they. It's not something to say it's new. Like they did stunt episodes all the time. Of like right. Michael Jackson's in this one. That's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that in, in season three. Mm-hmm. Like. Yes. Wait, did Michael Jackson play the voice of the guy who thought he was Michael Jackson? 
Yes. Yeah, yes. he did. I forgot how they promoted uh, that, though. Wasn't there some weird, like, we can't say it's Michael Jackson, mm. but it's like, guess who's coming to Springfield? It's a guy who sounds like Michael Jackson. Sort of, <laughs> yeah. That's how they promoted it. They said it. They winked as hard as they could. Right. They're like, yeah, look, we all know it's Michael Jackson. Legally, his record company won't let us say it's him, and he's not singing, but we all know this is Michael. That's because Michael Jackson, like, uh, also secretly wrote Do the Bartman, or the Bartman song that was such a big hit. Like, so he <laughs> he wanted to do a lot with The Simpsons. He he was very, he was especially into Bart. I, I don't mean to make a crass joke, but that that is just a statement of fact that he, he wanted to write a song for Bart. Yeah, well, I mean, he was doing, I mean, this is kind of a sidebar, but he was doing all kinds of stuff like that at the time. He was working on Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff too, so. Mm-hmm. Um, he was diversifying a lot back he then. He was, oh, God. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about different characters on the show, like coming back to um to the Van Houtens, and uh, you were talking about um about Kirk being sort of the sad failed dad, which is so great. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the scene with him living in like the bachelor condos with like the uh, <laughs> I sleep in a racing car. What do you sleep in? Homer's like. I sleep in a big bed with my wife. Um, it's so, it's just become emblematic. Like I sleep in a racing car, but comparing Homer to other dads on the show, like who are some other prominent dads we have? Obviously I think Flanders would be the next most prominent. And then there are sort of minor characters, you know, you have your chief Wiggums, you have your um, Dr. Hibbert, I think does Dr. Hibbert have a kid? Uh, yeah, he's got uh, he, he's got the Cosby kids. Yeah, he basically has a Cosby family implied, and so ba- all the, the he has three kids or four kids. It, it, it depends on the joke they need them <laughs> for, but uh, his family rarely ever shows up. Definitely, Flanders is his. He was invented for the first uh, episode, well, the first broadcast episode, uh, the Christmas special, as the better off family. He wasn't even partic- particularly Christian until right, like right. a season two episode. Right. I think the joke was more just like a lot of conspicuous consumption. He just mm-hmm. had all the better things, even mm-hmm. though he didn't make much more than Homer. The mm-hmm. Flanders were the haves, and the home and the Simpsons were the have-nots. Basically, yeah. that's how. And that the Flanders could afford all these things, so that was kind of the the difference they had here uh, at first and also that his wife was better. But then when the, they, the, the competition really came to a head uh, in uh, dead putting society, the, the one where Bart and Todd get in a, mm. um, a de facto war between their dads. Like they're just the, they're just the pawns basically. Right. That's yeah, actually Lisa the, says that. Yeah, yeah. Lisa calls him a pawn in the episode. And in that <laughs> one, in that one, I think that's when they really amped up the religiosity of Flanders because Flanders had to be the guy who's just like always friendly to Homer, no matter how much Homer like screams in his face and directly insults his wife. Flanders is, just keeps turning the other cheek from that point on. And that's that's usually how he is. There are moments where you see him as a father being like incredibly censorious to his kids and just like locking out every channel except for the religious channel on his uh, satellite dish or uh, in the movie, there's a one-off joke where he tells his uh, kids that he wishes he didn't have the devil's curly hair. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> moments like that come out where he's he's not the perfect dad, Flanders is. And I guess that is one of the big changes that they made in the show, too. Like the, like I said earlier, they do, they do write certain characters off the show, and Maude was one of them pretty early on. Yeah. 
Yeah, making Flanders a widow definitely changed the. I could get that they. I think the writers felt they had done all the jokes they could with Maud, or that she was just a. I, honestly, one of the reasons I fell off watching the show as obsessively as I did was I felt they were the exit of Maud from the show was far too cruel. Yeah. and yeah, I, I feel like they were also trying to like they did all they could with Flanders. They needed a new angle in Flanders, so it's sort of turning into a Job-like figure could have been mm-hmm. interesting, but. Like Henry said, that really turned me off. Uh, I watched the show for like 10 years after, but <laughs> the fact that they tried to get him a new girlfriend in the same episode where Maude died was just mm-hmm. like, that is that, that was too Oof. far for me. Yes, like, you, yes. You could have yes. waited, just do it in another episode. <laughs> yeah, a little quick. Um, what about some other dads on the show? Uh, well, I think Apu became became a dad mm. in, in the later seasons too, and he... But he, his children will never grow up. Yeah. Is the thing they'll always mm. be infants, and as infants, so he's just the incredibly put upon new dad. That's that's how Apu handles being a dad. Yeah, and they kind of sold him out when he cheated on Manjula with the squishy. Lady. Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, he, like he, within the timeline of the show, his children are not more than one, and he's he's cheating on his wife. Like that was that's pretty bad, but. Uh, in, the, in the episode where he becomes a father, he he's like too stressed to move at some point, or has like multiple nervous breakdowns, and and kind of sells his children to a zoo just to be yeah, try to be rid of them. <laughs> uh, in later episodes, he's even when he shows up for a one-off gag, he's just like, "I'm so tired." <laughs> I'm so... Uh, and let's see, other than Apu, what's a, I mean, Wiggum definitely is a dad. That was one of the best reveals in the show ever, that yeah. he was Ralph's dad. Mm. I think he's supportive. He's dumber than Homer, but he's more supportive than Homer. Yeah, he, I love the little joke where Ralph is playing a, uh, the flute up his nose, and, <laughs> and Wiggum's just like, do a great job there, sweetheart. Yeah. Like he's he's so supportive. He's it's bragging just, about how these special schools are all over. Ralph. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is even though Wiggum Wiggum has been quite uh, a horrible person to other people yeah. in the world of Springfield, but he's he's actually quite sweet to Ralph. Like I think he's more he he doesn't recognize Ralph's you know perhaps uh, lower mental faculties because he just he loves him so much. Like so. Uh, there's there's that man. I'm trying to think of any other like major dads on the show. I mean Nelson's dad. Oh yeah, well Nelson's dad is uh, like he's his absence defines him mm-hmm. though. He he shows off for a, shows up for a one off joke in an early episode that he's the the typical soccer dad who gives Nelson all the perks, but then later it's set up that like he's he abandoned his family a long time ago and it's just Nelson and his mom uh, are together. So. Nelson's Nelson and and you definitely see that in Nelson being a rather negative uh dad and then, oh you know what actually Monty Burns is a dad yeah that's right though he absolutely does not <laughs> want to be and when he that that's another great episode where um where Rodney Dangerfield is revealed to be his son or Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> yes. plays his son and and then uh, the episode ends with well you think it's ending with the hug and they're like oh i did learn my lesson i'll i'll love you for who you are hug and then birds just shoves him away like this just isn't me <laughs> I, I just can't do this and they they kind of just agree to go their separate ways like he uh he says that whenever you need a kidney you're out there so they they just kind of agree like we're we're just separate people so yeah. uh, Monty just shoves away being a dad. 
Also, I guess Sam's little helper is a dad. Also, though, <laughs> the he just they just give away his kids. Like he doesn't seem to care much that he has children at all. Like once the two dozen and one greyhounds are born, he's uh, Sam's little helper is pretty much removed from their mm-hmm. lives. He he's more of a regular dog than a uh, than a cartoon dog in those ways. Yeah, and I mean there are a bunch of father figures on the show as well that are uh, in more or less temporary. So I think you could argue that. Principal Skinner is sort of a father figure to Bart who, uh, you know, reluctantly and and Bart doesn't really want him either, but he's sort of forced to be this like disciplinarian character Um, or that's the character he's written as this character who is, uh, you know, very obsessed with rules and ends up sort of parenting Bart in a lot of ways and having to. Um, And then there are these also these like other sort of like characters, often like guest characters that we mentioned the, um, uh, Dustin Hoffman character earlier, but then there are like I feel like there was a Liam Neeson guest character at one point who was like a priest. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was a literal oh, like yeah. father, and and Marge, I think Marge was into him a little bit, but then uh, then went back from that. But uh, yeah, I you know I also recall, uh, well yeah Bart. There's also the uh, the little brother episode where uh, Bart. Bart gets Tom, a Tom Cruise type played by Phil Hartman <laughs> to adopt him. And he tells him that he, he tells a story of Homer being slightly worse than he is in real life. And he basically gets adopted by this guy. Well, then Homer uses the little brother program to adopt his own surrogate son that he treats better than Bart. And it it turns in this weird competition between them. And uh, yeah, that was another good guest star uh, dad in that case i there was also a really good one-off episode that i think of as late simpsons when it's really like season 13 or something but i believe it was called mo baby blues where right mo mo befriends maggie and becomes a father figure to her <laughs> and it's revealed that like maggie likes mo way better than homer yeah yeah no that is funny um i do love when mo comes in and is sort of this like this likable guy to like lisa or or maggie yeah he can it's the softening of edges of him sometimes they go i think he mo becomes the receiver of the darkest jokes they can think of and so when they when they can attach him to a cute kid and have him have something happier related to it they they usually go for it yeah for for a long time mo was sort of just the vehicle for suicide jokes in the show right yes yeah yeah. with that episode i think they started backing off from those i think a little bit i think maybe they were like you know mo can just be well there are other jokes that imply like well not imply like mo keeps humans prisoner like he's They don't explain why he does it, but like there's a man underneath his floorboards who's just looking for help. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's an early episode too where um, that I had just forgotten about until just now, where um, the Simpsons kids are uh, put in the custody of the Flanders. Uh, oh yeah where yeah. basically homer and marge have the, their kids taken away from them because like basically they have lice and like lisa doesn't have shoes or something and so like <laughs> child protective services come and like take them to a foster house which is just like next door um and like they're you know the flanders are like oh we have to baptize you immediately and then there's a scene where like 
Homer is just like trying to take them back after they've been declared like decent parents. And like, I think they're just like looking back and forth or maybe Maggie is. And like the Flanders are just like beaming and like this picture of like a beautiful, like pristine family. And then Homer is like standing in the mud and just like Mm -hmm. come back. No, that's a, that is a classic. Well, that one is where Maggie is like, she, I think the message was that Maggie loves Marge, but ever, all the rest of them are like, yeah, she doesn't particularly care for her. Yes, um, yeah. I think yep. she speaks for the second time in that episode, and it's a Flandersism. Daddly doodly, yeah. she says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, it's a great episode of just seeing the differences of being a child in The Simpsons versus Flanders, yeah. because they they are having, uh, what, nachos Flanders style, yes. which are cucumbers with the uh, <laughs> cottage cheese. cheese yeah, on. So everything has a creepy, uh, a creepy Pat Boonish quality to it. Yes, yeah. They, <laughs> they, they can't take that realistic love, or this uh, earnest love. They can't take it as, as much. They, they don't, uh, Lisa and Bart seem to really distrust it, and then especially when it becomes like the uh, the the Bible game, and they're proven to be less uh, less religious than they thought. Like especially the line of, of Bart going like Jesus, and then Flanders Jesus. going cheese cheese cheese. Though that also that reminds me of of one I really want to cover on Homer being a a terrible father. That was uh, it was uh, the episode Lisa on Ice where Lisa joins mm. uh, the hockey yes. little league hockey team. It's and that episode, like rewatching it for for uh, for our podcast, I was like, man, mm. Homer, Homer has never been worse in this one. Like, it's really extreme how far Homer goes in it. He he threatens to kill home, uh, kill Bart's turtle if he doesn't do well, if he doesn't win the game. He he like it, he, more so than just strangling him. He like he just. Uh, brandishes his fist at Bart, and fr- Bart just flinches back. And and there's an especially like it. It is funny and how mean it is, but it is so mean. Of Homer points in Bart's face and says, "Like to think of all the time I wasted on you." And then he immediately <laughs> steps it back. He's like, "I'm not wasted. I mean, uh, I love you." And pats him on the head. But but Bart knows what really Homer meant there. Uh, in the, yeah, but Bob, wasn't that one like the darkest? Yeah, ones I mean, I feel date? like uh, his characterization changes for the needs of the story. And in that one, it's like, let's make him the ultimate, like, awful sports father, mm-hmm. just concerned with winning. He'll abuse his child if the winning will increase. So, yeah, I feel like that was probably the worst Homer had been up to that point, for sure. Yeah, he's probably, he's definitely been worse since then. But that was that was the meanest Homer was. And, and the entire episode, and he ends the episode... Learning nothing. Yes. That's another one where his when when Bart and Lisa decide to have a tie, so they uh, and and re and fix their brother sister relationship. Marge is very proud of them, and then Homer still is going like they're both losers. Yeah, yeah he's crying, and Marge thinks he's moved by the scene, but he's not. Yeah, no, it's that episode. Like I rewatched it in preparation for this episode, and. That it's so dark. Homer is just like written as this terrible guy who is just explicitly into fostering competition between his children, like explicitly only loves the one who is doing well at the thing that he cares about, um, plays favorites, does all of these things. Like there's that classic scene where Marge is like, you are not in competition with each other. Repeat, <laughs> not in competition. And Homer runs in flashing the light on and off and is like, you're in direct competition with one another. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's woof, woof. Um, 
yeah, it's definitely one of those early ones where they'd write him as just like, just truly terrible, no lesson, nothing. It's just like, oh yeah, he's bad. He's like a bad dad. Yeah, I think it. I think it was more the interest of like later writers and uh, after like the first uh, for Simpsons fans, the first four seasons are seen as like the the golden age, and then like from five to nine ish is more like the silver age. Where and and the difference in those is like I think they well a big one is that James L. Brooks like stepped back from the show, and and a lot of the sweet uh, when you listen to the commentaries and and go behind the scenes on it, you find out like. Oh, this really sweet moment of Homer being like a bumbling dad. All these lines were written by James L. Brooks, like the yeah, you were uh, Lisa Simpson, the note. Yeah, and also the uh, in Homer's triple bypass, where Homer thinks he's he's about to have a, his uh, heart operation and he could die, and he's saying what could be his last words to Bart and Lisa, and it's this really sweet scene of him basically repeating what Lisa and Bart tell him to say to each other, but. That was all written by James L. Brooks, and it was uh, they, they credited him in the in the commentaries. And uh, when Brooks kind of stepped away, a lot of that sweetness um, would go away from Homer. They, they, there were moments where they found it again in in the five through nine. Like we just uh, did uh, the birth of Maggie episode, and though Homer ignores Maggie the entire time, and almost uh, kills her, almost crushes her, <laughs> uh, sits on her, and and he. Uh, like says he says that this baby is has made his life worse before even being born. Then once she's born, she's like, you know what? He he loves her immediately. And there's the the lovely do it for her scene at the very end of the all the photographs of Lisa uh, of Maggie in front of in front of the uh, the demotivational plaque that uh, that Burns had given him. So they could still get sweet moments like that after they were, after the original uh, creators of the show stepped away. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like there has been, there've been so many changes in this show over, over time. And I mean, it's absurdly long running. So many different people have been involved with it. Um, the characterizations of, of the different characters has changed so much. The themes and tones have changed so much, but like, how, do you do you guys like watch modern Simpsons or no? Every hmm. now and then I do. I'll watch a full episode and stay up on it. Like they, I watched uh, a couple, uh, one last season that was meant to be a sequel episode to Camp Krusty, the the classic Camp Krusty episode. Though it actually it barely was, but it it implied that Homer in that episode Homer became a a great dad by not having sex with Marge anymore, and they they just by by him basically just turning off his sex drive, he he became more focused at everything. And uh, so there's that one. Actually, there was a really good, uh, there was a really good one of Homer being a good dad in, um, I believe it was called Halloween of Horrors. It was the first ever Halloween episode they did that was not a Treehouse of Horror episode, meaning it was just what happens in an in-canon episode when it's Halloween. And uh, they go to basically Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, and Lisa gets incredibly scared at it, and just like she's she's like traumatized by how scary it was. And Homer Homer kind of cancels Halloween plans just to stay at home and and comfort Lisa and help her help her get over the 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 fright she had at uh, Universal Studios. And it's it's a real sweet Homer and Lisa episode. Homer is much more of a human in that episode too. Yeah. I, I stopped watching around the 20th season. I watched everyone uh, as it aired up till then. And um, 
I'm not as I'm not as emotionally invested in the show and being uh, mean to it online anymore as I used to be. Maybe <laughs> in my early twenties, it's just like I'm I'm wasting too much time hating this thing. I could just I should just stop watching it. But I, I do go back uh, occasionally and watch a few new episodes, and I, I find them enjoyable. I really miss though um, uh, how different the animation used to be. I feel like it's a little too streamlined now. Uh, there aren't the touches I used to love in the older episodes, and I just feel like. I wish that could be better, that angle of it. And also, this is something that no one can fix, but everyone just sounds so old. And it, yeah. and it messes with my brain. I'm like, wow, uh, Harry Shearer is in his 70s, and Dan Castaneda is like pushing 60. Everyone just sounds so much older than I'm used to hearing. Right. Yeah, I know. That is very odd. There's no real way around that without recasting, but yeah. you can't really yeah. do that. They'll recast eventually. Oh, yeah. And I mean, this... The Simpsons is at the level of Disney characters or whatever, like mm. Mickey Mouse. They don't they didn't leave Mickey Mouse silent just because a voice actor passed away. Like he's had Mickey, Donald, Bugs. They've all had different voices. And I the, the Simpsons have kind of come to that level now, I'd say. And because of that, they they will be recast eventually. It'll be sad when it happens that we'll live to see that day. Mm-hmm. But uh I, I you know, though mentioning Dan Castellaneta, I do think he he definitely inserts himself a lot into Homer's uh, characterization, even more so than just playing him. Like he's he's written episodes about Homer with his wife. He's he's made ju- like he's done ad libs that then become core to Homer, like uh, the SMRT line from Homer Goes to College, which also that's like Homer is an insane person who may as well not even be like he <laughs> he acts like a twelve year old. Yeah, he's not a. Father I think I think Dan Castaneda also did the whole live like ask Homer questions live. Yeah, thing. it was just him doing improv. I mean, he is a comedian. He is mm-hmm. like an, uh, a second sketch city guy. trained yeah. sketch expert. Yeah, so he's I think even more so now when they. They they lean on Dan and Dan Kesslinet is totally ready to be like yeah I'll, I'll goof around as Homer and when when you can improv in a character as Homer like I think that shows how in touch with the character he has become for sure yeah yeah no for sure um and it is going to be weird when uh, when they get around to the doing those recastings I just hope that uh, by the time uh, one of the main cast members dies uh, technology is advanced enough to go back through 30 years of recordings and build an entire new sort of robot <laughs> vocabulary. I think we can do it. I think it's possible. We have the technology. Yes. I feel like their estate would sue Fox of like, hey, we can give you the rights to make an audio zombie of, of Harry Shearer. Let's let's have them sign something before they die. <laughs> Harry Shearer would be the last person to sign that. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like maybe that's a good point to leave off on, the possibility of a Harry Shearer audio zombie um <laughs> something for us to ponder as we move forward in our lives um, i think harry Shearer would prefer that actually <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah well thank you guys so much i'm so glad we were finally able to do this episode and uh you know i wouldn't have wanted to do it without you um oh. so everyone should definitely check out your podcast talking simpsons uh wherever people get podcasts i assume it's not just on mm-hmm. it's not just on the dark web or whatever no yeah it's uh it's it's on itunes it's on overcast all those things and uh and you can find links to the audio for the episodes too in the post on at talkingsimpsons.com and we also we were patreon supported as well and that's where we we post every episode a week early and that's also where we do uh talking critic where we go through the simpsons sister show i'd say the critic yeah. uh every episode at a time which is only uh 29 episodes so it's not very, not too many very doable mm-hmm. in one lifetime <laughs> 
a much more, yeah, a much more feasible task. Um, funny, I didn't realize The Critic was its own show probably until 10 wow. years after the crossover episode uh, with The Simpsons. Wow. Yeah, that's that's wild. We I was I was a day one viewer of the critic and was so excited for that crossover episode. <laughs> I think maybe I was a little younger and uh I wasn't uh I wasn't in the know about, mm-hmm. about that. Um but yeah, um so people should ch- uh, check that as well. Um and is there anything else that you guys want to plug before we go? Oh, well, I mean, I'm on Twitter as uh, at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, and you'll see me there, you know, talking about new Simpsons things and sharing Simpsons memes and uh, ranting all the time yeah. <laughs> about stuff. I'm on Twitter, too, as Bob Servo, B-O-B-S-C-R-V-O, and I never stop posting, so I'm always on Twitter. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the credo that I live by, never stop posting. Um, mm-hmm. What else are you going to do? I, I, what I else? Understand watch old simpsons episodes i mean there were simpsons episodes you could watch if you're gonna watch some watch some of these ones um well thank you guys so much again um thank you all for listening and um until next week bye kiddos dad feelings is hosted by merrick k and produced and edited by me nick bravo dad feelings is a part of stay me the world's only podcast network we're entirely listener supported if you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Say Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Gear. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at dadfeelings and at staymeanco. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.